Well, good morning. How's everybody feeling today? I said, how's everybody feeling today? Hey, fall feels like it's finally showing up today. Anybody else ready to turn on their fireplaces? I see one. I see two. Yes. I'm waiting. I was tempted last night. It was like, hey, it's below 70. We could turn the air conditioner on high and crank the fireplace up. Let's do this. Hey, I'm excited you came out today. If I haven't had the privilege of meeting you, uh, my name is Josh Roberts. Me and my wife Stephanie have the honor of pastoring this amazing church. And I don't know how you came. I don't know who invited you or maybe you found us on Google. I, I don't know how you got here. But I know this. You're in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right. Oh, man, I'm so pumped for you guys. Today's going to be an amazing day. Um, if we haven't met you, we would love to shake your hands. We'll be out front after the service and put a name with a face. Hey, today is a very special day. We're wrapping up our series on relationships. Everybody say, I got them. I need some help with them. And for the last three weeks, we've been tackling uh, the issue of what does it mean to have godly relationships. We've been talking about the perks of godly relationships, what it means to be a good friend on our behalf. Last week, my wife spoke. Was it a good last week? I was in Ohio. Talked about forgiveness and redemption, reconciliation. And today, we thought we would end and have some fun today. Uh, we, we don't do this very often, but I'm excited. Today, we're going to do a Q&A session. Many of you emailed questions in or you through social media DM'd us and sent some questions. And so today, we're going to finish the series with answering some of your questions. I'm going to invite our panel to come, JC and Sunday Noah, Michael and Rebecca Eatman. Steph, would you guys come up and join me? Come on, you can do better than that. I'm so pumped about today because um, not only, what was that? It's a panel. Yes, it's a panel. Now you're going to make them nervous. It was just supposed to be Q&A. It's not a panel. It doesn't have to be official. Uh, but I was thinking about, um, you know, who to invite. And, and what, I've, what I always try to do in my life for you is preach out of what's going on in my heart. If you've been here very long, I've told you I'm not trying to preach, preach messages that I have perfected, but rather I would rather preach out of what I'm walking through and what the Lord's dealing with me in my own life as a saint, as a father, as a husband, and as a pastor. And I think that's relative to where you are. I, I want you to realize uh, we're not up here and you're down here. Uh, uh, my kids still make messes all over our house too. Me and my wife still have arguments from time to time. And I get to apologize. <laughs> Wise man, wise man. <laughs> she said me too. Uh, and I, I wanted to introduce you to some friends of ours. Uh, these are some folks that we've had the privilege of knowing. Steph and I have been here for eight years. We met most of these couples around that same time. But over the last eight years, we've had the time not only to get to know them as, um, as partners of International Family Church, but they've become friends of ours. Uh, we admire the way they uh, lead their lives, the way they lead their homes their marriages, their relationships, and including their family. And so I want to introduce you to a couple of our friends right over here, JC and Sunday Noah. Um, how long have you guys been at IFC, JC? Well, since we moved here, 2011. 2011. Uh, I first met JC in Cameroon, West Africa in 1998, yeah. not knowing that we would be at the same church 20-plus years later yeah. working together. God has a crazy way of connecting people. Um, J 
JC and Sunday are missionaries. They travel all over the world, but specifically all through Africa. Uh, extensive um, leadership and just so much that God's done in them. They work with LWM, Living Word Missions, and have for many, many years. Uh, they have three, three um, I almost said three teenagers. They have one in college, one young lady in college, and they have two uh, in high school right now. Uh, JC is traveling quite a bit, but Miss Sunday holds down the fort. She handles homeschool and takes care of all things mom duty. Super mom right here. If you're looking for parenting advice, this is a good lady to connect with. Uh, they have been married for 21 years. Come on, 21 years. My heroes. And then our other friends, Michael and Rebecca Eatman. Uh, they, yeah, go ahead. Michael and Rebecca have three children as well. Theirs are all under the age of 11. Everybody say amen. amen. They've got their hands full. Uh, Michael and uh, Michael uh, runs a coaching firm that helps individuals and organizations, listen to this, grow in emotional intelligence, cultural competence, and conflict. Say it, Michael. Engagement. Engagement. And so I'm pumped that he's on the team today. And Rebecca is actually the brand newest staff member of International Family Church. This week she came on full time as our brand new worship director. Come on, make some noise for Michael and Rebecca. They have been married for 15 years. And I believe we're going to pull some wisdom from them as well. I'm going to take a seat. If you haven't met this beautiful lady, this is my wife, Stephanie. And... Um, we have three children under the age of nine. We'll take all the prayers, encouragement uh, that you got for us. And uh, Steph and I have been married for 11 years and counting. Amen. She stayed. Amen. She has stayed. And I wanted to give a little context just for, uh, just for the sake of doing it. You know, I didn't invite Michael and Rebecca and, and uh, Sunday and JC because they have great opinions about relationships. Would you hold those for one second? I, I invited them because I've watched their relationship as husband and wife and their relationship with people in the church, in the workplace. And we've been watching them raise their kids, and I think they're, they're fully fit to bring some wisdom today. But here's what I want to declare right here at the beginning. Uh, we're asking that the Lord speak through us, uh, through his grace on our life today, not out of our experience and just our wisdom. And I, I, the, the questions range from, from some very simple questions uh, to some very complex questions. Um, and we have questions from people that are probably deeply rooted in faith and have been walking with the Lord for many years, as well as we seem to have some questions from those that maybe not even have a relationship with the Lord yet, but are here seeking that. Yeah. And my prayer is that, that we're just going to be a little bit of a help to you today and point you back to the guy that does have all the answers. His name is Jesus. Amen. I wish I would have got a little bit better response on that one. Um, we don't have all the answers. We're going to share out of our heart and what the Lord has spoken to us. But our prayer is that we would point you back to him and to the word. And I wanted to say that everybody on this panel would be what I would call word first people. Word first people. We say that here at IFC. We're word first people led by the spirit of God. And what that means is when drama hits, we don't call Dr. Phil first. We go to the word first. Amen. And, and I'm all about Dr. Phil. I meet with a counselor. I'm, I'm all about counseling. I think many more Christians need to take the stigma of Christian counseling out of your mind and go get you some help. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Lord, let them hear one thing today. Get some help. 
So many of us have so much pride to, that we don't want to go and share our issues with others thinking that that, that that shows vulnerability, and that does. But healing comes through vulnerability. I'm not going to preach right now. Um, but I wanted to say this. Uh, these are word-first people. They've built their lives on the word. They're what I would call Matthew 7 people. And we just sang about it. They have built their life upon the rock, the word, the foundation of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And because of that, they're anchored in their life. It doesn't mean the storms don't blow. It doesn't mean we just sang the winds blow. Things happen. We've all gone through crazy stuff in our lives and through relationships. Can I get an amen? But I can say this. We're still intact and still pursuing God's greatness for the future in our relationships. So one more time, would you give it up for our panel here, and we're going to jump, jump right in. We're going to jump right in, and this is in no particular order, so I'm going to throw a softball pitch, and you guys can knock it out of the park. Here's the first question. How can our partners, how can we get our partners or our spouses to open up more instead of retreating when they are upset or saddened by an issue or a topic? How do we get them to talk? How do we get them to open up as opposed to recluse and run away? Good morning, everybody. Good Thanks, morning. Pastor Josh and Stephanie, yeah. for having us here. Okay, so this guy does that. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So um, 21 years of trying to figure out what can work. Um, first, we, we actually talked about the question, and one of the things that works is when I come to him and say, hey, I, I sense that you're withdrawing. Like, you're not here. You're not present. You're not with us. What's going on? And I start asking the questions, um, not in an accusatory way, but in a way to, you know, let's have a conversation about it. I notice, and um, he doesn't always want to share, and sometimes he doesn't even know maybe what is, what is going on. Um, he grew up, too, in a culture where you don't, you don't talk about that stuff. So I wanted to share that, too. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, learning... Um, it isn't about our culture, it's about kingdom and building our family to be healthy. Yeah. And healthy people communicate and talk and share. And so another th so I start the conversation and another thing he said that works really well is when I start um, loving him in his love language. So he's very physical touch. So maybe I'm more touchy. Amen. Uh, you know, hug, hug and love. Wait, did you say he preempted that like this would help? Uh <laughs> Good for you, JC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen. And, but as I do that, um, you know, it, uh, it softens his heart more. And it, we're talking more. And before I know it, we've gotten to what is the cause and what's going on. Yeah. So that's something that we do. I just want to add something. It's just that sometimes you really don't realize that you withdraw. And she, 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 um, she points to that. And then I realize what's going on. And uh, through the conversation, I really get to know what is really bothering me. And then we get to discuss about it. So. I, I mean, I would just echo having the conversation of like, hey, where are you? I, like, I want to address this. And I think also coming with a posture of like, I, sometimes I can be like, what is going on? Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, but just coming with the posture of like, this is something's uncomfortable. Like I feel the tension. What's the tension going on and engaging in the uncomfortability 
of like conflict or whatever it is that is going on? Yeah, I think this is a really great question. Really good to be with us, uh, be with you all today. Part of the, the challenge is, I think, as a, as a husband, we, we have to do our work. Mm -hmm. um, we're, not, we're, we're joint together, and if, if we're doing our work, our hearts are softening. And so I do think that culture plays into the conversation of shutting down. And even though I deal with emotions, uh, my wife will tell me, if you're, you're, where are you? Yeah. And so if I haven't done my work, it, it just doesn't happen. And so she said to me sometimes, Michael, you know, you shut down. And I have to be open enough to go, oh, there's some cultural pieces that uh, when I hear conflict, I go quiet. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I just go quiet. It's because I think maybe you can't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And if I don't do my work, I can't hear her say, I can handle it. Yeah, that's good. And so I think what she said to me is, I want you to open up. So my culture, my perspective, and when I'm open and do my work as a husband, I can then hear and I tell her that here's what's going on with me. But the tone is really that's important. Good. But also, even like sometimes I can't handle it, and I have to have that conversation with him too. Like, I sometimes I cannot carry what he is carrying, and he's like, you know what? I'm still working it out, and I think that we have to be okay with that. Um, just allowing, like, there's some things that I'm not supposed to carry <laughs> as a woman, <laughs> um, and he and. And I'm recognizing that. I still have a lot of learning to grow in that. But being okay with, um, you know, a, being in unity and having conversations about what what a healthy communication style would be for y'all, like having that conversation. I love that. I, you know, one of the things that Steph and I learned and are still learning, we grew up in two different homes. Um, her, her dad talked very little. Her dad was gone a lot. Um, my house was loud and boisterous. Hers was calm and peaceful. And so when we first got married and we would have conflict, I'd just start yelling. I'd just start screaming and getting louder and louder, and she'd start stepping back, and I'd follow her to the bedroom. Why are you walking away from me, woman? And, and I would, my tone and my voice would get louder and louder um, until there were several times where she just broke down in tears. I'm like, why are you crying? She's like, why are you yelling at me? And I think this is for, for newly, newly married people. This is a big one. You need to understand the time and tone is important. I, I didn't realize that my wife didn't grow up like I did. I had four siblings. She got three siblings. It was loud in my house, but her house was a different kind of upbringing. And so I think understanding how your spouse was raised and how they received. Yeah. Um, also, Steph would tell you, and you maybe jump in, tone is important. Timing's important. Sometimes we just need to take a break and say, hey, Let's, let's talk about that later, later, when tension isn't so high yeah. and when tone can be brought down. That's good. I would say, and I know we're spending a lot of time on this question, but as someone who is the one that can withdraw, a lot of times I do that because I'm, I'm trying to work on, like I already know something's off, but I'm trying to figure out what it is. And the way that I'm approached because I'm withdrawing can put me on the defense or it can make me feel like, oh, they want to get in here with me and we'll do this together. And so I'm having, I'm having to constantly remind myself in those moments of like, hey, we're on the same team. That's right. He wants me to be well and healthy and he wants to help carry whatever it might be if he can. And so um, just, I think it's so important in marriage to remember you're on the same team, you're not on opposing sides. Right. Yep. So when we're asking questions is because we do want to help and because yeah. we do want, be, we are for each other. Yeah, I'm, I think that's important even to say it. We're on the same team. Yes. 
When I hear her say that, it changes everything because what she's saying is we're together in this. I think that would be a good practice for many of us yeah. in our relationships. Just, just remind each other when one gets loud or one withdraws, I'm on the same team. I want yeah. us to win. Hey, here's a second question, and this pertains to marriage again. How do you navigate your marriage when your spouse is in a constant state of sinful behavior and how you feel they are not on the same path with you as you walk with God? How do you move forward in your marriage? One of us is pursuing God. The other is not pursuing God. How do we move forward together? Well, <clears throat> I would say that... Uh, we need to know, first of all, if the person is actually saved, if, if, she, if that person has a relationship with God, is one situation. And another situation, if, if that person has a relationship with God and, and is just going through a tough situation, I, I believe that it's important to, first of all, pray, to, to ask God, well, what is going on with my partner and how can I help that person, and then start the, the discussion. And you said something very good about it when we're talking about it regarding, <laughs> no, regarding uh, the conversation and uh, the question to ask. What's the root of it? Yeah. What's the root of that person going through that path? Is it because, uh, and, and there's no excuse. It's just to, to identify what's going on. Mm -hmm. And if that person um, is open to address the situation, because the Bible says that if, if your brother is sin against you, you point the sin. And talk about it. You can't just be hiding and do like, pretend like the, the, nothing is happening. So y there is there is a situation we have to deal with it. We have to talk about it. And when you talk about it, especially if it's a pattern, okay, if that person is not changing, is that person open to get help? Yeah. Just as Pastor Josh was saying, you know, if it's, talk to the pastor. Let's go. Let's go and talk to a pastor about it so that we can be helped. And then we go from there. But if the person refuses help, that's another situation also. And then um, I don't know if somebody wants to add to it. <laughs> yeah, just to, to jump, jump in there, I was just thinking about our own experience. And just thank you for having us to share our own experiences because then it's, it's relevant. Yeah. Um, in, our, in, our, in our story, we've had times when, when, when Rebecca has been hurt by a situation. And in that situation, as the husband and as, as a partner, I can't try to take her out of it. And I've tried, but that's not helpful. Right. What was helpful for me is to go, wow, this is a hurtful thing for us. And so I'm continuing to say, Lord, I need your guidance. Lord, you just said, you know, love your, love your wife like Christ loved the church. And so what that means, again, for husbands is you know, us being intimate to go, I can't fix that, but Lord, I know you can. Right. And so if, whether the person is going away from God, you can't change that. What you can manage is yourself. Mm -hmm. And when it comes full circle, it's a powerful, powerful experience because it's not one is better than the other. But I think going to God saying, Lord, you know this. Help me create a clean heart in me so I can be right. Yeah. I, I think if, if your spouse is in a sinful situation or in a, on a sinful path, um, obviously praying for them. And I think just to piggyback on what you're saying um, you can't change them. Yeah. Relationship 101, you can't change the other person. Yep. And so what are you doing to build yourself up? Like, how are you, um, are you in the word? Are you listening to worship music? In your home, make it a house of worship. Make it a house of prayer. Make it a house of healing. You take that on and walk that out and create an atmosphere of healing. Create an atmosphere of, um, 
a, a posture of forgiveness and because you can't change the other person, I guess is what I'm saying. And so you being in the word, you, right. you creating an atmosphere and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you mm -hmm. I, is how you move forward, I think. Yeah, so just one of the quick thoughts. Yeah. It's messy. Can you all hear that? Yeah. And just as we're talking, yeah. relationships are messy. And as yeah. Christians, if we come and act like it's not messy, we're in the wrong space. So just yeah. acknowledging that it's really messy and it's really difficult. And God is the, he's the best cleaner. You know, sometimes it's not even outright sin. It's just their lack or zeal for the Lord is not matching yours anymore. Yeah. I see that tension in marriages all the time. Well, I'm fired up and I'm doing this and I'm going to small groups and I'm serving. And, and he's drinking beer and watching football and working on his truck. How do I move forward? I would say, number one, serve your spouse. And number two, pray for your spouse. You're not gonna, as you said, you're not going to change their heart. Let him change their heart. Here's the a, here's a third question. It's actually not a question. It was a statement. But I'm going to pose it as a question. It says, we had kids first and are not married. It'd be great to be married and to have a covenant of God for our family. Let me ask you guys, what would you say to a family that had kids outside of marriage what are the benefits of getting married and doing this thing right now? Okay. <laughs> you know, foundation is very important. And when we miss the foundation, we just have to try to fix whatever situation we, are, we got ourselves into. And uh, if you, you realize that you mess up the foundation, try to build on now the right foundation because you know, you live with somebody, you are not married. Why is marriage important? Somebody said, okay, it's not that important. We can live together. You know, we don't need that legal paper and everything. Uh, that's your opinion. It's not God's word. Yeah. It's not God's word. So if you say that you are a person of the word, you know, and, and for God, marriage is based on covenant relationship. That is not just between you. But it is, it is a legacy for families. Yes. 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 So it's not just about how you feel about it, about this partner that I want to have in my life. And, I, and it, it's about that there is also protection that yes. comes with a marriage yes. situation. Yes. There are legal situations. There, there are social implications. There are family legacy, as I mentioned. So marriage is important. So when, uh, and blended family is, is, is another whole game, you know, when, when uh, you start having children and then that person have other children from a different marriage and everything, you're bringing a blended situation. It, it is sometimes very, very complicated and it cannot be solved or resolved or helped, you know, in a, in a short conversation like that. It, it, the, the, the specifics needs to be addressed. But I, I'm, I'm going back to the foundation. Let's get, first of all, God's perspective yeah. and choose that as a foundation. Yeah. So if we agree on that, then we can build on the right foundation. So good. I'll just add, you know, I, I, I grew up in a house where we believed the whole Bible. Uh, as a church, we believe the whole Bible from the front cover to the back cover. And, and I think there's a, a generation of people that are choosing and picking as if it's Piccadilly Cafeteria. Y'all remember Piccadilly? Did y'all have Piccadilly? We had that down south. What's the other one? Luby's? You know, the cafeteria where you can say, oh, I'll have the mashed potatoes. No, I don't want the green beans. No, I don't want any corn. No, I don't want the liver and onions. Yes, I'll have the steak. 
And I just want to say this to you. You don't get to pick and choose the benefits and blessings of God as you see fit. When we're called to the Lord, we're called as a family to walk through the word together. And it in its entirety becomes our foundation. Let me read this next. You, want, you got one? You want to say something there? No. Nope. I was going to go with boundaries. Go ahead. Okay, I think we should talk about boundaries because we actually got a few questions on how we should set boundaries um, with in-laws, with toxic family members, with co-workers. A lot of, a lot of people asking how we create healthy boundaries. So let's go. Can, I, can I start that off? Yeah. I, months ago, maybe last year, um, I was scrolling Instagram, and there was a wonderful post by Dr. Caroline Leaf about healthy boundaries. And I took a screenshot, and I've had it in my phone ever since because I thought it was such a wonderful definition, and it's a great reminder for me of why we have healthy boundaries. And I wanted to share it because I thought, oh, this could sets the tone. Healthy boundaries are not there to end relationships. Healthy boundaries are necessary for relationships to be sustainable and enjoyable. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, extreme toxic things, okay? I'm talking about um, relationships that you're able to have with people, but you need to put some healthy boundaries in place so that it can continue to be sustainable and enjoyable. Um, and one of the things my husband and I have done with, we have, well, at the time, we just had our mothers, because um, JC's father passed away during our first year of marriage. So all this time of our marriage, we've just had our moms. And so some of the things we've done to put healthy boundaries in place with our mothers, um, when they want to maybe overstep, <laughs> um, is he and I first discuss what the boundaries are. Where, you know, where's the line? And what is that? And what does that look like? And he and I come to agreement. So first get an agreement about what that healthy boundary is and what that healthy boundary looks like. And then the next thing we do is if it was a boundary with his mom, he would talk to his mother about the boundary. If it was a boundary with my mom, I would talk to the boundary with my mom. And then the opposite spouse would be there (laughs) after the conversation about the healthy boundary. Because let's be honest, um, the talk about the healthy boundary is hard. It's emotional. Uh, For me, I would be crying. I would be upset. But and he would be available for me to talk about that and for me to share and for him to support me and to say, no, this is this is the right thing. This is this is for our family. And we would pray together about it. Um, Not all of the um, reception to the healthy boundary on the parental side was positive. Um, We had conversations where, you know, a parent would say, well, I'm done with you. And yes, more tears. And it hurts. And it's hard. Um, But again, we support each other. We remind each other, this is why we have the boundary. (laughs) We're in this together. But we can also, we also have a testimony of redemption where we've kept the healthy boundary, and today we have a really good relationship with, um, our mom, with my mom. And it, it was hard. There were a couple years where she didn't talk to us. 
But today, she comes twice a year. She comes for 12 or more days because she wants to. You know, but, but we've, because we've done the hard work of putting in healthy boundaries, we're able to have a sustainable and enjoyable relationship with her. So I, I encourage you, put those healthy boundaries in place. I, I just wanted to add something by saying that when you do the work, it's very painful, but it's rewarding. Yes. So if you avoid doing the work and say, oh, we'll fix that, oh, we'll just put it under the rug, it will be the more and more and more complicated and create dysfunctional situation. And, uh, but when you start doing the work, you also pray before even bringing the conversation, you ask God for wisdom on how to speak to the, those particular people. Because in our, in our culture, for example, you don't talk to an elder anyhow. So it's very difficult to be confrontational with an authority in the African culture, in most African cultures. So you, you, we need wisdom on how to confront, to bring this. And God gives us the wisdom. We go through the word and everything. And we do our due diligence. Um, I think just move out of state. <laughs> We've never lived by our in-laws. Um, and the older that I get, I realize how healthy that is for me. Um, just being real. <laughs> um, but there are... <laughs> But we have a lot of different cultures in this church, and there's a lot of families that live really close to each other. And so, um, and that's a cultural thing, too, and I think we have to recognize that. So I um, am praying for you, first of all. <laughs> but, but I think also, like, just recognizing, again, going back to having the communication and the conversation of this is what I need when I'm in your parents' home. Yeah. Like, or this is what, he gets along with my family. Like, I mean, he, they adore him. Like, they're, he's amazing. Of course. Um, so easy to engage with people. But, like, my family does some really interesting things. And so I have to recognize that, like, we need to have conversations about what's appropriate for us. Yeah. And so, again, you cannot control what your family does. You can have those conversations, but sometimes... It doesn't make a difference. Yep. They don't understand that. And so um, I think being in a place where you can say, this is what we need. We're on the same page. We're, we're on a team. It's not, it's not them included in us. Yes. It's us. And it's our kids. And how do we raise our kids? Not them giving their two cents about right. what is appropriate and what That's is right. inappropriate. Um, what would you say? Yeah, I would just say, uh, as you're talking about being a team, also... Uh, being honest about your capacity to engage the challenges because one of you might be more uh, uh, able to do that. And if that's the case, when that moment happens, make sure yeah. you get the quick huddle. I say, this is what we need to do. And yeah. really think about, as Rebecca said, you. Because yeah. if we go into our families, we, we reach into our separate cultures. And so I do, as we're winding down, I think culture plays a humongous role in who we are. And to put that aside for, for us is not something that works well with the cultures that we have, with the mixes that we have, what are the things that work, what are the yes. things that don't? And then as a team, because we says they become one, mm -hmm. right? So it's not, we bring our cultures together and we operate out of a, a space of power there. So knowing that your team and, uh, and setting clear boundaries. 
I also think you can't talk about this without addressing the fact that um, there's there might be someone in the relationship that doesn't want to stand up to their parents. Yeah. Uh, and the word's really clear about when you get married, you leave and yeah. cleave. You leave yeah. and cling. And so um, we're going to have to do the uncomfortableness. Yeah. We're going to have to ha do the hard work. And we're going to have to kind of grow up and be spiritually mature and emotionally mature. And, um, you know, if your wife is in a situation, guys, where she's constantly put down or it's really difficult for her to be around your family, you need to stand up come for on. her. Yeah. You, you know, you need to come alongside your partner. Yes. If they're hurting her, then they're hurting you because yes. you're one. That's good. And then the same thing on the other side for us as women, <laughs> if it's difficult to be around your family, you need to take that into account for your husband. Yes. Uh, and again, come together as one and set some boundaries, set some guardrails. You know, it's super, be, me being with my family is life-giving. I enjoy it. And, and they know me, so they, they know who I am. Being with his family, I, it's not that I don't enjoy it, but it's not my family, so it can be draining. So I need times where I'm like, okay, I just need to be by myself for a little bit. And, and not everybody understands that all the time. But, but when you two understand it, then you are one and a united front in front of your family, and you should be. Yes. Yes. You, when in, in your family dynamics, the two of you should be a one united front. Yeah. I'll just add to this too. You know, if you know there's challenges coming, then have the pre-huddle. Yes. You know, a lot of times we'll go to Texas and see her family and we have a huddle. Because she's going to be with her sisters and I'm stuck with all the brother-in-laws. <laughs> for weeks. For weeks. And so I, I go knowing I'm going to sacrifice. And it's, I'll be honest with you, marriage is, yeah, playing golf is really a sacrifice, but <laughs> what I'm saying is I, I go in and I'm, I'm not going to drag my heels. She's not going to drag me to Texas and I'm going to complain and whine and pout and go hide the whole time I'm there. Yeah. So even though there is that pressure, there's still the opportunity for me to be mature, yeah. yes. men, be mature, Amen. suck it up and go do it for your spouse. Yes. Amen. And wives, vice versa. There's, there's things that he wants to be around his family. Yeah. And for you to go and, or not go and say, I'm not going. If they're going to be there, I'm not going to be there. It just shows the lack of maturity on your behalf yeah. and your lack of care and commitment to your husband or your wife. Yeah. And so I want to tell us, part of this is just growing up. Yes. Turn to your neighbor and say, grow up. Grow up. And, and I want to say this because I've, I've been harping on this a little bit. This is one of the reasons that I think it's important to have a longer dating process than just jumping in and getting married. Thank you, sir. After six months, you're going to realize her parents are crazy. Come on now. And after nine months, they're going to, she's going to realize you're nuts. And your brothers are nuts. And then in those conversations, before you say, I do, you can have healthy conversations and set the parameters for what it looks like after you leave and cleave. And I'll just say this to all the young people. Um, you got to leave your mama's house and go take care of your wife. And, and, and you got to go leave your friends that you play pool with on Thursday nights or shoot ball with on Saturday, Saturday mornings. Create boundaries around that and make sure you're pri prioritizing your spouse. Amen. I'm just going to preach for a second. I find that most conflict that we found in marriages that need counseling is because the marriage was neglected. The his needs, her needs were neglected. And yet they're constantly forced into places where the boundaries are broken. And that's just never going to work. So if she doesn't have your love and if he doesn't have your respect, man, going into these toxic relationships, boundaries won't keep anything because you don't have any cohesiveness at home, I would say. Hey, let's take just a few more minutes. I know we're going to go over. Let's talk to all the single people. Here's one that came in. How do I know the person that I'm dating is the right person? And were they sent by God? 
And all the single people said, Amen. How do we know if our person that we're dating is sent by God? Well, make sure that they love Jesus at first. <laughs> make sure they're saved, you know. Because if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, really, um, I, I beg you, do not be unequally yoked with somebody else who does not share your values and your faith. Because that's going to, you're just inviting trouble for yourself. Oh, he's a good person. Oh, I think in his heart, he believes in something. You know, you can have all those kind yeah. of excuses. It's just, it's just a time bomb yeah. because it will finally blow up on you. And then we will be there, try to fix it, you know. Yeah. And so, first of all, make sure that that person, you know, is saved or he's open to get saved, you know. And bring him to church until, you know, he, he, he really loved the Lord. But um, what was the question again? What, what? How do I know if they're sent from God? Oh, he was sent by God. Okay. There, there, there are other things. <laughs> that, that myth, God will just send you this person with your name right reading on that person that that's a myth it, it doesn't it doesn't happen like that i believe that god has people that he wants us to marry and everything but those people have to qualify to the standard of what god is calling you to Come do on. you know so if that person is not getting himself his character his his uh, or, hers. or her character you know yeah it, it, that, so character is important. Responsibility is important. Yes. What kind of family value that person has? Yes. So it might be the wonderful, beautiful person that you've dreamed of. But if, th if that person doesn't have what it takes to build a family, forget about it. Even if it was God's choice, but that person did not qualify to the standard to be your partner for That's life. Yeah, I think just from, from a heart perspective, I know when I was uh, seeking the Lord for Rebecca, I wasn't saying Rebecca. I didn't know. And I had been in relationships that were okay. But I was like, Lord, don't you have the best for me? If you have the best for me, let me get into a space where I don't even know. And my pastor said, just start seeking the Lord. Not seeking a woman, not this type. And I was in the space where I didn't even notice her. Until that moment, and I realized that I heard a leadership coach say recently, if you develop, God will deliver. Yes. Oh, I love it. And as I developed myself and I was ready for it, I think you always get ready and ready. Fifteen years, I need to continue to be ready, but I was ready in my heart. And that as I was getting developed, God delivered. So will he send that person? Maybe he can. I would say that you be willing to realize that this is continual work from the beginning all the way until eternity. Amen. So good. I'm going to go just a couple more minutes. Here's, a, here's another question for singles, and this one specifically for single parents. It says, um, is the church open to making referrals or introducing single parents? <laughs> and I don't know who wrote that, but I love you. Like, <laughs> just come tell me. I'm the one that wrote that question, and I will, I will point some, some brothers out. Um, you know, we get this a lot. Um, and if you're single here and you're a, a male... Um, your odds of finding an amazing woman are great here yes. uh, because our young, our young adults and those that are single, it's three, three women to every guy that's Woo. single in this house. And, and, and I would say this, there's so many people. Is she coming down front? Do you want me to introduce you to somebody? Okay. <laughs> She's married. I, I'm looking around and I see people that were singles. I see George and, and um, 
Sorry, my mind went like Maricel. Um, found each other here at IFC. I, I could go around the room. There's many people that were married, had kids, had been divorced, uh, single, never been married, never been uh, in relationships. And so many people are finding each other right here. And, and I want to say this to you. So many people are using dating apps. And, and I'm not against dating apps, by the way. If that works for you, go for it. But I think at some point you need to meet face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If it's all digital, ain't real. It's just a false reality. And you might be getting catfished, by the way. I, 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 I want to say this. I think there's so much power in the local church to finding your spouse because people are coming here for the same reasons. Because they love the Lord. They have the same values. They have the same virtues. And they're moving in the same direction. So I just wanted to take a moment and say, man, if you're single, man, Show up and, and get serving. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Serve on a team. Come, come find a team. Come use your gifts and talents and, 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 and get using what God's given you. Not waiting, but pursuing God's best for you. I, I, I talk about small groups a lot because, yes. man, so much power happens in small groups where you sign up for a group and you get there and you meet people that you would have never met on a Sunday. And most of the time, and I'm not knocking this person, but most of the time when I get people saying, I can't meet anybody, they don't come to church but once every three weeks. They don't serve, and they don't attend a small group, and they're like, I don't know, I'm going to be old and single. Yeah, you are. Because you're hiding. You're hiding. To, to find your spouse means you have to engage with other people. You have to put yourself out there. And so I want to say this to all the single people. Man, God's got a plan for you. And, and maybe they're not here, but just getting in a group and serving will help you get outside of your comfort zone, help you develop yourself so that God would bring that person. Here's the last piece of that. And Michael just spoke to a little bit. You can't expect what you're not willing to do on your own behalf. If you're looking for a supermodel, but you eat Cheetos and watch football all day, God ain't going to bless that. If you're frivolously spending all your money and buying all the toys that you want in your 30s and you're expecting to be debt-free and she comes with the debt-freeness, uh, it just doesn't work that way. And so I want to say prepare yourself for marriage. Be the best you can be. Stop seeking the spouse. Start seeking him. But put yourself in, in harm's way, per se, to meet somebody. Did you want to say something there, Michael? Just quickly, as you were sharing, service is really powerful. As you talked about that, I realized that I, I met my wife because I was serving. I was working in an organization. I was just trying to get insurance or something, right, and doing my thing. And because I was serving, I came in the realm. And because I was in that realm, then we met, and then the Lord opened my eyes. Yeah. So serving is so powerful because we don't know that with, within this environment, not just this church, in the environment of service, God knows what we need. So I just want to echo yeah. what you said. I'm going to piggyback that too. Service. Amen. Service on the mission field. <laughs> Start serving. And what about a single parent life group? Come on. Anybody? Come on. Let's get some single people life group. But that's my. Let's talk one more. You guys still, you guys still good? Yeah. You got time for one more? Yes. Um, what do you say to people that have been divorced? Is there, is there hope for people? And is it biblically okay for them to get remarried? Um, I come from a divorced family. My stepmom is my spiritual mom. That's awesome. Wow. I would not be who I am if my dad and my stepmom did not get together. And it was messy before that. And it's still messy and it's not perfect. But I think there's something really special. God can use broken people. And there's this image of this. It's, it's an ancient, I think, Chinese image where like the, the vase 
breaks and then um, they don't just throw it away. They put it back together, but they put it back together with gold. And it makes the vase so beautiful. And so I think we serve a God that's a God of redemption, that he takes things that are broken. And if we're willing to do the work and say, okay, that didn't work, but I'm not going to let that happen in this case. I'm going to put the work in. God can use that, and he can redeem the blended families and make the complicated, you know, a little bit easy if we're willing to do the work. I I truly believe that God is a God of second chances, and he's a God of third chances. Uh, He's a God of fourth chances. He's a God of fifth chances. And I want to say this, don't limit what God can do based on your past mistakes or somebody else's past mistakes. Uh, somebody here today, you're thinking, my, my, my season's over, I've missed my window. I want to tell you, God's much bigger than your window or your view of a season. I'm, I'm meeting people that are, that are later in life in their 60s and 70s and getting, and getting married. They've been divorced for decades. And all of a sudden, God brought their spouse and it's like they're 12 again. 16 again, 19 again, and it's like, what in the world is going on with these people? Like, they're grossing me out. And, 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 and here's what I want to say. The Lord will give you the desires of your heart. And if it's your desire to, to be remarried and be reconnected, I, I was thinking about my brother. My brother was divorced seven years into ministry, uh, and just things were not going good, and they ended up divorced, and he moved to California. And, and I was thinking, he was just going through the season of post-divorce and I was single at the time and I said, man, I said, you're single again. Like, you know, this is great and stuff. And he's like, no, this sucks. And I was like, you're free. I was single at the time. So I was talking like a single person. And you can do whatever you want. You can start your life over. And he said, I want to be married again. He said, I'm good at being married. And he said, I will be married. And now they're 12 years into their, his second marriage. They have a, a baby boy. They have another baby coming. Um, God's using them mightily. Uh, don't, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. You pursue God for what you desire. Find it in his word, reconciliation, redemption. He is the redeemer of all things broken, including marriages. I'm going to ask you to stand with us. I just want to pray for you. Uh, I, I know that we had so many more questions. It would take us three years to answer every question from a church of several thousand people. Um, But I want to say this to you. If you have questions, seek answers. Seek answers from the Lord. Seek answers from His Word. And and I do want to say this. I said at the beginning, but I want to say it again very clearly. For many of us, our relationship's struggling because we need professional help. We need Christian counselors to sit down with us and walk us through the challenges of what it means to walk hand in hand and what it means to be a team. No team that I know that won didn't have a string of coaches along the sidelines. So let me ask you this. What makes you think your marriage is going to be strong? What makes you think your relationships are going to last for for the endurance of what they should if you're just doing it on your own? Go get some help. In fact, you could call the office this week. We have a list. There's amazing Christian counselors right here in our community that we would recommend to you. Um, We have pastoral staff that will meet with you. And I'll say this. We're not not, um, professional counselors. We'll give you biblical coaching. We'll point you back to the Word. But some of you need a little bit more than that. And some of you men need to take the the charge on this. Your wife has been asking, will you help me get some help? Can we get some help? And you've been dragging your feet because you're insecure. Your blessing may be one phone call away. 
And I know you're insecure, and I know that it may be emotional, but I want to say this. Wouldn't you do it to save it for your kids? Whatever's going on in your life, there's someone there that wants to come alongside of you and help you. But it starts with Jesus. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Father, I thank you for this amazing church, all these families, all these people. Lord, that we gather together under your banner of love. You've created and designed us to do life together. So, Lord, I pray that this series, these messages, these scriptures, these stories and illustrations would go home with these individuals, that they would speak to them tonight and tomorrow and the next few weeks. And, Lord, I pray that you would give us courage to step out of our comfort zone to get the help we need so that we could be a testimony, so we could be a light, so that we could be salt to those around us. Lord, that we could be an example of what godly relationships look like in a lost and dying world. Give us strength, give us courage, give us wisdom. Lord, I declare peace in these homes. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Hey, I hope you were blessed today. Would you make some noise for our friends up here? I'm going to dismiss you guys to go to the front door. Come on, one more time. Make some noise for them. Come on, everybody. I want to give them just a second. They're going to go to the front doors and greet you. I want to just say thank you for being so engaged during the series. We've had lots of feedback. Uh, this will be something that we pick up again in the new year and continue to talk about it. Can I just challenge you in this? Don't work on your spouse or your friend. Work on you. None of these messages were, being, were intended to be ammunition against somebody that needs help. They needed to be fuel for you to say yes to you being whole, for you to be healthy, for you to be rooted and grounded in the love of God, rooted and grounded in the word of God. And I know this, as you get better, all your relationships will get better. Amen? Hey, if you're here today and you need prayer for anything, maybe you don't know Jesus, maybe you're struggling in a relationship, maybe you need, you have a physical need, a financial need, maybe an emotional need. In just a minute, we're going to dismiss. I'm going to have our prayer team. They're going to be right here at the front of the auditorium. They would love to pray with you, love to agree with you in all things relationships. Hey, on, on behalf of our staff and our team, we love you. Thanks for coming today. God bless you. You are dismissed.